Hi, I'm Josh. And I'm Gabriel. And welcome to Reading the Gospel. Today we're looking we're looking at the gospel in the major prophets, Isaiah and Jeremiah and those books. Um, specifically, we're going to start in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah, it's a very interesting book. It is a blend of lots of judgment and lots of hope. It is the mercy and justice mingled together. And Isaiah is zigzagging, jumping from one to another. Uh, it's very interesting how they can be found even in the same chapter. Let us look at uh, a couple of verses which present the gospel by this major prophet Isaiah, who is, by the way, nicknamed the evangelist of the Old Testament. Yeah, because I, I think at Christmas time, you know, we we sing so many songs that have direct quotes or allusions to the book of Isaiah. So there's so much gospel in here. And, and 9-6, most people will probably recognize these verses, even if they don't have a lot of biblical knowledge. Mm. It says, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Beautiful. When you listen to Messiah, it's impossible to miss this, uh, you know, beautiful chorus. Unto us a son is given. I want to sing it right yeah. now. <laughs> but yeah. And I really like this. Uh, I like to dwell a little bit on this verse. A son is given. Mm -hmm. That takes my mind straight to John chapter 3, verse 16. That is the, the golden verse of the gospel. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He gave the son. John 3.16, which is written in past tense, is a fulfillment of Isaiah 9.6 that is written in the future tense. A son is given. And that is the essence of the gospel. The gospel is the good news about God's gift for us. And uh, the word grace means that this gift is undeserved, unmerited. It is just offered to us in exchange of nothing. Yeah, and that is so important because if it was, if there was a price to be paid on our part, like mm -hmm. I had to buy salvation, then it would be by my works. Exactly. I would have earned it. And this is why there is a verse in Romans chapter 5, I think it's verse 8, that says, the love of God was demonstrated towards us in the fact that while we are still sinners, Christ died for us, mm -hmm. demonstrating that uh, we cannot buy salvation. We cannot do anything, right? Yeah, well, we can, we can accept it. Yes. But but beyond that, salvation is a gift. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's not something God's gonna force on us, but uh, that's the beauty of this. Yes. So let's come back to the book of Isaiah where the gospel is not just information, not just good news about an event that will happen in the future, mm -hmm. but the gospel is a person. And yeah, Isaiah 42, 42, verse one says, here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him and he will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the street. Hmm. In my version says, Behold my servant. Mm -hmm. So the servant of the Lord is 
another title for Messiah, for Jesus Christ. Yeah. And is describing beautifully his character. Remember in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, when Jesus says, come to me, and we exchange our burdens with his and our yoke with his, says, and as soon as you take my yoke, you learn from me. And he talks about humility as being the foundation of his character. Yeah. That humility is promised or uh, previewed here in uh, Isaiah chapter 42. Yeah. And then, of course, when we talk about the gospel in Isaiah, Isaiah 53, you, you can't talk about yeah. the Messiah in the Old Testament and not bring up Isaiah 53. Yeah. How about if we read several verses? Because Isaiah 53 is a summary of the gospel. Yeah. I'll start and read the first three, and then you can read some. Mm -hmm. It says, Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot, and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. Like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. And that was a description on his about his character. Mm -hmm. And starting with verse 4, I like to read uh, 4, 5, 6. It is the essence of that gospel that, uh, that Jesus Christ came to die for us or in, instead of us. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteem him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And in the rest of the chapter, we have uh, different aspects of his ministry and the way he will die and the way he'll look forward to enjoy the reward of his labor of love. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think for me, reading the, through this, it shows just how real the gospel is, mm. that my sins affected him. Yes. You know, the, the sins of us all, it, it's it's not just something that happened a long time ago. It, it's the gospel is directly related to me, that mm -hmm. Jesus came and died for me. And that makes you walk towards Jesus Christ if he was here and embrace him and fulfill that uh, command, the last line mm -hmm. from uh, psalm chapter 2 that we studied last time that says kiss the son yeah yeah embrace the son and kiss the son yeah the way as mary magdalene kissed his feet and on the day of resurrection uh, and, that's beautiful yeah the the next one um that shows really the gospel is the chapter 61 and verse 1 and 2 um says the sov the spirit of the sovereign lord is on me because the lord has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor 
He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. What is interesting is um, Jesus Christ went into the synagogue in Nazareth, in his hometown, mm -hmm. and he was given the book of Isaiah to read. When uh, he opened the book, it was exactly at this passage. And he stopped after the first line of verse 2 with the words, he proclaimed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Yeah. And Jesus Christ closed the book of Isaiah and said, this is happening today. Practically, this is the mission statement of the ministry of Jesus Christ. This is the, the mission statement of this enterprise called the gospel, right? I like to put a mission statement related to an organization. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but in fact, it's for a person. Well, and this comes to us. You know, this was Jesus' mission statement, mm -hmm. but his mission statement should be our mission statement yeah. to proclaim freedom for the captives, to bind up the brokenhearted, to preach good news to the poor, to release from darkness the prisoners and proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. What I like is this mission statement is includes also the vision because it tells how this is going to happen. Mm -hmm. And it starts in the first line, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. And the Spirit has anointed me. Uh, Jesus Christ was anointed by the Holy Spirit when he was baptized. Mm -hmm. when, when the Holy Spirit came down from heaven like a dove and the heavens opened and God the Father spoke and said, this is my beloved son. I, I, I find all my pleasure in him. So this is how Isaiah, the evangelist of the Old Testament, has predicted or prophesied about Jesus Christ. And this is how Jesus has used Isaiah, embraced Isaiah 61 as his own mission statement. Mm -hmm. And moving to the book of Jeremiah, um, which again is written around the same uh, conflict that's going on in, in the children of Israel. Um, they're, they're facing captivity and um, they've turned from God. Jeremiah chapter 31. Do you want to share with us um, the, the promise, the covenant that Jesus is speaking? Yes, in Jeremiah um, chapter 31 we have uh, that beautiful covenant. Uh, and even before that I really like verse 3 from Jeremiah 31. It says, uh, the Lord appeared uh, to him from far away. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Mm -hmm. Therefore, I have continued my faithfulness to you. I like uh, to see this verse as referring to Jesus Christ. These are the words of approval from God the Father. The same way he spoke to Jesus when he was baptized. The same way he uh, spoke when Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration. The New Covenant starts with verse 31, in fact, right? Uh, so this is the passage that is being, uh, is being quoted in the New Testament. Behold, Jeremiah 31, 31, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, 
my covenant that they broke. Verse 33, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, declares the Lord, I will put my law within them mm -hmm. and I will write it to their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother saying, Know the Lord, for they shall know all shall know me from the least of them to the greatest, declare the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. Beautiful. This is the promise of the gospel that our sins will be forgiven that Jesus Christ came to uh, to die instead of us, mm -hmm. even if the wages of sin is death. It is not us who would die, but Jesus Christ in our place. And he will remember our sins no more. That's probably my favorite part, because mm -hmm. that, that's what scared me as a kid mm -hmm. uh, growing up, is, is this thought that there's a record up in heaven of every bad thing I did, and and that my parents are going to go through it and see all the the bad things I did as a kid, and mm -hmm. and I was I was terrified of that. But the Bible says when when Jesus died on the cross, and when we accept that death, mm -hmm. our sins are remembered no more. Beautiful. And what I like about this covenant is, if we read it carefully, it is supposed to be a covenant between God and the people of Israel. But it is very interesting. It is just one way, like a will, more like a covenant. And it is one person that promises, I will put my law within them. Mm -hmm. So the people of Israel are in the third person. So who is talking to who? Who is making the promise to whom? This person that says, that is presented as uh, with a pronoun I, is Jesus Christ. It is God the Son. Mm-hmm. And he promises to his father that he will put his laws in our hearts. Uh, in the previous episode, we read from Psalm chapter 40, verse 7 and 8, where it's a messianic uh, prophecy, when Jesus says, the law is in my heart. So when Jesus Christ is invited into our hearts, he comes with everything that is in his heart, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so this is how his law is being placed into our hearts yeah. or enters into our lives. And just to make this practical, you know, in, in my relationship with my wife, things that she loves, I start loving. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, I, I didn't necessarily love it when I was, before I met her, Mm -hmm. But as I get to know her, I start loving the things she loves because I love her. Mm -hmm. And the same thing happens with, with God. As we grow closer to him and love him more, we love, I delight to do your law. You know, I, I, I want to do those things because I love you. And, and they're no longer these list of things we can't do that burden and oppress us and, and hold us down. But it gives us life and liberty, and, and that's the wonderful news of the gospel. Mm -hmm. um, so we want to have a prayer with you as we close. Father God, we desire to experience the gospel in our lives, mm -hmm. to experience transformation, and to experience that love for your law. 
And so we invite Christ to dwell within us. We ask forgiveness for our sins, and we ask, Father, that you will help us to repent. We pray these things in his name. Amen. Amen.